Blog Talk Radio. Well, Dad, we're here. My father is uh, starting a show called God Coaching with Gene Abbott. That's my dad. And I'm super excited that he's here uh, and we get to do something together. And my father, ever since I've known him, and uh, for I'm forever 21, and Dad, you be quiet now. <laughs> so uh, ever since I've known him, he's had such a passion about God, Jesus. Uh, we call him Mr. Holy. Uh, I call him Mr. Holy, and Dad likes it. So he, Mr. Holy, Holy Spirit, that's good. And also um, the Bible and reading stories and, and praying and meditating. He's done that since I've known him and has a rich life. I think because of God and Jesus and, and Mr. Holy or Holy, however you want to say it, Holy Spirit. Uh, but dad, I'm glad you're here. And how did you get that passion? How, what makes you get up every morning and read? And you seem to really enjoy reading just so you know. Okay. Um, and, and praying. So how did you well, get that way? When I accepted God, well, not when I accepted God, I, I uh, accepted God back when I was seven years old. My daddy uh, started a church. Not not that he wasn't a preacher. He was just a man called by God to start a church. And he and four other people went on to the mission and started a church and called a band of pastors. And I was raising it. And I was seven years old. I accepted God, went away from God until I was 30 years old. And then I went back to God. But during that period of time, God protected my life and did things for me that I didn't think was a could it could exist? He uh, he showed me. God showed me that I was His and I was His forever. It's called eternal security. I didn't deserve it. I did things that I'm ashamed of. Well, you're not not so much ashamed. I didn't kill anybody. I try. I don't know why I killed anybody or not. Anyway, I uh, I came up, crashed aircraft and. Burned up on Midway Island, crashed one in Kodiak, landed on a beach in the ocean. I did things that I should have died, but I didn't. I turned cars upside down, tore up everything I get my hands on. I was a, a real heathen. Gambled, drank, did all I could do, did everything I could do to uh, not please God. And yet, he hung on to me. And that gave me... Uh, strength to uh, say I know but eternal security because I suffered it. I cannot get out of God's hand. So therefore, when I came back to God, I came back because of Key, that's my daughter, who you listened to already. She has severe asthmatic and uh, she uh, was ready to die really, if you want to know the truth. I'd put her in a bathtub with fiddle full of ice Trying to break her, break her temperature down, she's running at 105 degrees, and uh, I don't know how she survived, but she did. And immediately thereafter, I went to a little church as holy services in a revival, and I went to church and sat down, very uncomfortable about the whole situation. But I raised my hand when I wanted somebody to pray for my daughter. And this guy came back, placed his hand on her, and prayed. And I believe, I would, I'm telling the truth now, that she never, ever, ever suffered again with asth- asthmatic. And uh, I, I just, I said, what now? What went on? Well, it made me think about God again. And 
I reconsidered my situation, went down to the altar, and next thing I knew, I was reborn or born again. I don't know. But uh, I, I loved love what he did. And from there on out, I'll try to serve God. Have I been mistaken about certain things? Yes. Have I went against God on certain things? Absolutely. Do I pray every morning when I get up at night, middle of the day? How many times do I pray today? Well, I don't pray like most people do. My thoughts are constantly on God. He's a marvelous creator. Speaking of creator, you know, there's a controversy been like this in the 1960s about who God is. Did he create the earth? Did he create this? And did he create this? You know, I have a theory that says our creator could have been immediately revealed. Everything is to know him and his creation. But he didn't. Why? When I get to heaven, I'll ask him that. He didn't. Uh, could it be that he enjoys mysteries. I mean, my God is a mystery. Well, apparently so, because you think of all the things he's done. And a few short sentences or a paragraph, he could have revealed how he made the earth out of nothing. He, revealed, he could reveal how he heals the sick by laying his hands on them. God is a spirit, but speaking in the sense that we understand he had laid his hand on and he could heal them. He could do a lot of things. He sent his son down here on earth to die for us, along with Mr. Holy. And there we stand with God, a mystery. Why is it a mystery? And I don't really know. But when I begin to understand it and look at life and it's as it, as we should look at it, it's found in the Bible. I know a lot of us, a lot of you, not me, I did that for years. But a lot of you don't understand the Bible, what it, what it encompasses. It's a wonderful book. You know, while I uh, read, I read everything, get my hands on. Science, I don't care, I just read. But it's a wonderful book. Written by over 50 authors Over a period of 5,000 years This Bible was re- re- I mean, Created over 5,000 years By 50 different authors And not one word of lies in it No, no uh, turning back from God He doesn't say something one page And two or three later pages Or one of or chapters later he reverses himself. He doesn't do that. Men have tried. Women have tried for years to make the Bible not real. But it is real. No one has ever been able to say the Bible can't be real. And I myself know that the Bible is real. I mean, I'm not going to give you testimony here, but... I was sitting, I mean, not sitting, I was, yeah, sitting on the ground, trying to beat this guy's head in. And a guy pulled a forty-five automatic and laid it against my head. He, he was scared to death. He, he said, sir, 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 I'm going to shoot you if you move. If I move. 
Don't you understand that can't go off at any time when you do that? I'll be gone. He said, well, I don't move. Somehow I got that problem. I got rid of that problem. I'm not going to tell you how, but anyway, I did. And that's how I depend on God. Depending on God is easier for me. Understanding and studying God's word is easier for me because he's real. He's 21st century real. When I see it, when I look at my window here, and I'm doing it right now, I see those trees and beautiful homes and sunlight, and I know that God is there, and he's real. I look across the room, and there's God standing there. Angels standing there. Angels. We have guardian angels. I mean, we have people that depend on us, but I depend on God. Am I am I a freak? I don't think so. But he's real. Is he real to you? Does he love you? Does Mr. Holy or Holy Spirit love you? When Christ came down on the cross for us, he said, I'm going to send a holy person to you to comfort you, to guide you, to lead you. And that's what he does for me. He leads me and guides me through life. I depend on God. I believe I, I go into the throne room several times a day. What is the throne room? That's where, that's where God lives. Hey, you know, God lives above heaven. He don't live in each universe? No, he lives above everybody. Christ lives above everybody. It's above heaven. What is heaven? It's our universe. But Psalms 57.5, that's the book of Psalms, chapter 57, verse 5, it says, His home, their home, the great triune God, which is God, God the Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, Holy Son, and Mr. Holy, is lives above heaven. Check it out, Psalm fifty-seven five. And I walk into that throne room, which I'm able to do because he said, "I'm your priest. I'm your God. I'm your everything." And I walk in, I look at God and the Holy Spirit and Christ, who died for my sins. And I see God, and I say, "Father, I just love you." Father, meaning I love Christ, I love the Holy Spirit, I love God, the triune God. Terry calls the Siamese triplet. I can't get into that right now, but it's okay with me as long as she acknowledges. I uh, I look at God, and I ask him about certain things. God said, come over here. And with tenderness of a mother to a baby, God takes it. In his hand. What is that noise? I'm not sure. Sorry. But that's anyway. our, that's thing. Oh, yeah, back here. Over here in Florida. Go on. It's, it's gone now. Anyway, he takes me in his hands, and I place my hand in his. You mean God has a hand? We're in the Holy of Holies, the Holy Spirit, the, the great, great throne room. Is God everywhere? Yes, he is. He's with me, and I know that. He said, tell me what your problem is. And I can ask him anything with a loving kindness. The great triune God, 
takes me in his arms, and he holds me. And I've been helped by a lot of things in my life. A lot of women, a lot of whatever. But nothing compares to that love that I get from God. It's in every day. God says, I love you, son. What do you need? I'll provide. And that's called faith. Somebody asked me, what is faith? Oh, you go to Hebrews 11, 11, 11, 1, and it tells you what faith is. Faith is hope and assurance of what you've not seen. But faith to me is when I walk in that throne room. Wherever I walk, I walk daily, hourly, mentally, and I ask him anything, and he'll give me an answer. I depend on God. I watched a movie. I said, I wanted to get married to this the movie was. And the, man, the woman said, I want him to lean on me and me lean on him because we're leaning, leaning on each other. We can never fall. Well, that's what I feel about God. I don't, God doesn't lean on me, but I lean on God constantly. And I never, he never falls. Like you made Adam. Why did he make Adam? He made Adam because he wanted fellowship. Eve. Was Adam's mate? Why did he make Eve to make Adam's fellowship? <clears throat> then we find, and we see Noah. Seventy-five years it took him to build that ark with his three sons. Seventy-five years. He didn't have a hammer and saw like we have. He had crude instruments, and God allowed him to make the ark. He didn't know what rain was. He didn't know what water was like that. Water came up from the earth. He made Adam. He made Noah. And then a strange thing happened. He made Abraham. Abraham married his sister. Well, his half-sister. But he married his half-sister. And then he told her to go live with his Pharaoh because they'll kill me. You're so beautiful. And the later Abraham, he had Isaac. And Isaac was a stout little boy, 13 to 14 years old. Abraham slipped out of the camp, camp at night. He's going to uh, offer Isaac as a referendum to God because God told him to. God told him to do that to Isaac? Yes, because he's testing Abraham. He rescued Isaac, did all the functions for Isaac. And Abraham came down the mountain rejoicing in God because God had stopped him from killing Isaac. He provided a ram for his sacrifice. From that, we see Jacob. He worked 14 years with this guy so he could have Rachel as his wife. He worked seven years, got tricked into seven more years. And Rachel was a beautiful, beautiful fragile lady. She died giving birth to Benjamin. From there, he... I'm telling you why I love the Bible. You know, the stories that it devolves. From there, he made... He let Moses into the picture. Many, many people other than that came after Moses and before Moses. But there was Moses who rescued the children of Israel from slavery. In Egypt, how they got there, it's another story. Moses had two 
lieutenants that was real special to him. Joshua, Caleb. There Joshua said, Let's go take the let's go take the land. The people grumbled against him and God put let them stay in the desert for four years. And he fed them. We go on and on different people doing but long came Ruth. I was gonna to talk to you today about Ruth, but Tika gets me to testify about the Bible. And that's a special story. I love that I love the book of Ruth like no other book because it shows the graciousness of God. From Ruth we see David. Who in the world is David? He's a little farm boy. Back up in the mountains. And God called him to be the king of Israel. And through many trials and tribulations, he finally made the king of Israel. Before that, he killed a giant. Took a sling. Wrapped a roll around his head and wiped the giants giants upside the head. He died. David was a man of God. But he couldn't control his family. He uh, made his wife, made, made a wife, had had a wife, that he saw her bathing on the rooftop. And there was David lusting after her, like we all do. We lust. We try to get what we need, and we try to get what we want. David looked down to Bathsheba, and he said, I want that lady. She was married. So he had his husband killed. This is David, the man of God, man after God's own heart. And that's what God said. God doesn't like sin, but he likes the individual to ask forgiveness for sins. And David was up and down with God, but he was his heart was always with God, even though he had lust. And David took, took Bathsheba, had a son called Solomon. From there, through many trials and tribulations, comes Job. Who in the world is Job? My niece calls her Job, but it's Job, J-O-B. And Job and traveled through earth. He's a rich man. The devil took everything he had, but he could not, could not take his life. God said, you can't touch Job's life, but you can fester him with boils and cancer. You can burn his houses and his son's houses and his boy, children's houses, but you can't touch him on, on his life or death. Job's wife said, why don't you curse God and die? Job probably looked at his wife and said, won't you curse, curse God and shut up? But anyway, there's Job. He lived a life of reality. He lived, loved God with all his heart. You know, Solomon, David's son, was a wise man, supposedly, not supposedly, was the wisest man on earth. Why did he get such wisdom? He asked God for it. You know, every day we get up and I say, God, give me strength to get through the day. Give me strength to have uh, wisdom so I can benefit the earth. And every day God does his part and I do my part. 
doesn't mean I'm wise. No, it doesn't mean I'm wise, but I, I ask for it, and he gives me wisdom. Solomon was the same way, except Solomon was really smart. But God told him that I guess a lot of do certain things, but Solomon did anyway. He wasn't allowed to have horses. He wasn't allowed to have wives, many wives, but he did. And still God blessed him because he was a man after God's own heart. Remember what I said, a man after God's own heart. And that's what it requires. It's easier for me to write me to read the Bible. It's easier, easy for me to see God and as he, as God is. It's easier for me to pray to God because God is real. R E A L. Everybody that loves the Lord and everybody that's a Christian church don't like the word you use Christian, but I still use it. Because God loves a person that loves him. And love is a a matter of expressing oneself in the spirit of love. And God will honor that. Solomon had uh, many many, uh, followers after him. Finally, Solomon died. And lo and behold, Israel was split up. Ten tribes, ten tribes went to one direction. Two tribes went the other direction. And from there, there's Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. God said, "I'll make, I'll have you do this, this, and this." Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, "Okay, God, I'm ready to go." Next thing, he's weeping. They had thrown him in the pit and persecuted him left and right, and yet Jeremiah hung on. Because no one, no one could break Jeremiah's spirit. There Ezekiel came into play. Now their tribes have been brought under control and they're led by a foreign nation. The Persian might do the exact. And Ezekiel loved, loved, loved the tribes and he wanted to see them back together again. And there we have Daniel. You realize that Daniel prophesied of all the kings. He prophesied everything that would happen, and you'll find that in the book of Revelation. It's a man that God God loved loved him intensely because Daniel was strong. He was in the Lord. And next thing you know, we have Christ. The whole book, B-I-B-L-E, was written for Christ, a cause of Christ, and for Christ. He was walked on the earth for 33 years. And I've often said, you know, I went to Bible college and seminary and went there for four years. I cut it short because I had to have the education. But I I would give all my education from everywhere if I could walk one year with Christ as Peter did. Peter I, I, I hear preachers call him dumb old Peter, dumb Peter. <laughs> He's not dumb. He walked with Christ for three years. He listened to Christ every word for three years. How could it be dumb when the greatest teacher, the greatest philosopher, Christ himself, taught? And that was Peter. Well, 
that would be enough for everybody, but it wasn't enough for he, for us because he sent Paul. Who in the world is Paul? He was a strict, strict, strict Pharisee. He was taught by the finest people. Gamaliel taught him. He was being taught to do everything that the, the law says. Paul was walking down the road one day and on the road to Damascus. And Christ appeared in the sky to Paul. Paul said, what in the world is going on? He was struck blind. He got his sight back by a man that followed Jesus under protest. When he got his sight back, he realized the error of his ways. His great teachings that he had been taught as a youngster came into play. For the next three years, he spent time in the Arabian desert understanding God, understanding Jesus, understanding how it is to live for God. And God tells him, now gather here and go convert the Gentiles. By the way, the Gentiles are us. And Paul spent the next years of his life until he was killed prophesying and teaching the Gentiles. Before he died, John was sent. John, the Apostle John. And there was John. He taught us many, many things because he was like many, many of us that knew that God was real. 21st century real. If you have problems, financial problems, Call on God. He'll provide. He says, see the bird flying up there, Peter? Yeah, I see him say, well, he don't worry about nothing. Don't worry about your money. Don't worry about living this life or that life. But trust God with all your heart. That's the reason I love God. Has God provided for me? Yes, he has. Have I been in the down in the dirt? Yes, many times. Have I made a lot of money? Well, I've done all right. And no one helped no one helped me do anything, but God knew that I'd be with him and love him and speak of him as I am today. John wrote the book of Revelation and I challenge anybody to read the book of Revelation. It's uh spirit filled, allegorical, meaning some parts of it is spirit. Some parts of it are real. Some said so I said they were allegorical. So those are the things that we look and see and understand that's allegorical. And we understand that some of it is real. The f- churches that were mentioned in Revelations were the seven churches. They're real. We're all the way down until the end of time. Chapter 19 shows Christ coming to heaven to receive us. A lot of people don't believe in the rapture. Rapture means that Christians be taken out of this world in the instant of flesh of an eye into heaven. And the rest of the earth lives here. But I believe in the rapture because I'm not going to be part of Jacob's troubles. That's what the tribulations call. They were married to Christ. We're his bride. 
the next thing in Revelation is that Christ comes back and he fights the Gentiles. It's so bloody, the battle is so bloody that they just couldn't clean it all up. And then God creates a new earth, a new heaven, and a new city. He brings it down to us, and that's where we live forever and ever in eternity with God. Now look forward to that day. I hope I'm raptured. I hope I'm in the marriage. I don't have to hope that I'll be there. But we live in an era, a time that Christ is coming back for us. Will you be part of that group that goes with him to heaven? Will you be part of that group that Revelation 19, we rise that Arabian horse out of heaven? It's up to you. If you accept Christ, you believe he died for your sins, you want to be with him, ask him into your heart because he'll come in immediately. The devil will be destroyed. The earth will be destroyed. The heavens, the cities will all be destroyed and a new earth and a new heaven will come into focus. See, that's how come I love God. That's how come I'm rushing. If you got any questions, you answer me now. Well, I really like that. So ride an Arabian horse or ride a Tesla. Make sure you get the big one. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hey, but ask God and Jesus in your heart. Thank you, Dad, for that. Because that's just, somebody asked me the other day, is it that simple? I go, yeah, it is. She goes, why doesn't everybody do it? It's like there you go, um, and uh, so some of my clients are really uh, tuning in. So thank you for your testimony, Dad, and hopefully we get to do Ruth because that's a great love story. But I thought this was a great, lovely love story you shared from God to us. Thank you so much. I appreciate that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna share Ruth next week if I do the podcast. I think I will. But anyway, we'll share Ruth, and there's so many love stories about. Gosh, that's a wonderful story. I gotta go to you. It's been a blessing to be here, and blessing to the people, and I hope that somebody loves God and is touched by God. Oh, I'm sure they are. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Thanks, Dad. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next Friday, same bat time, same bat channel, as they say. Anyway, take care, everybody. See you. Bye. Bye, Dad. Love you. Love you too. <laughs>